0: the birthplace of NEXT, the podcast where city officials and partners discuss the latest news and development in Dayton that make it a livable, sustainable, and innovative community. I'm Meg Maloney with the City of Dayton Sustainability Office, and I'm joined today by Katie Norris, an environmental scientist in the City of Dayton's Water Department. As part of our sustainability series, I explore various sustainability topics within the City of Dayton and what our staff is doing in these areas. Today, we will be focusing on water, Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. To start, do you want to give us some background on yourself?
1: Thanks, Meg. I'd love to. And thanks for having me today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've been in my current position with the city of Dayton for nine years. And prior to that, uh, worked a few other places, uh, in Georgia. And I lived in Maine for grad school. So I have a master's in ecology and environmental science from the University of Maine. Um, I was in Dayton before that, so I'm a UD alum and currently I live in a historic neighborhood here in the city of Dayton with my dogs, my cat, and my wife. And just a little bit about me, a big fan of libraries, I've uh, been doing a lot of crafting and creating and writing and I love getting out in nature as much as I can.
0: Nice, and I have a bonus question, a surprise question for you. What made you move from Maine back to Dayton, Ohio?
1: Great question. So I I lived in Georgia for a little bit, and that job was temporary. It was like a set for a year, mm-hmm. and knew that I wasn't going to stay there. I kind of looked around and was thinking about, you know, I didn't really want to keep moving around too many times, starting over, and thought about how much I really connected with the rivers in Dayton and the folks here that I'd met um, during my time at UD and and internships and the people I knew in the community, and
0: saw a job opening and thought, yep, I'm going to move back to Dayton. Amazing. We always love when people come back to Dayton. And uh, just another, you're another example of why it's a great city to live, work, and play in. Um, so tell us a little bit about the City of Dayton Water Department for our listeners that might not know much about kind of what you all do.
1: Of course. So just a big picture view. Um, the Department of Water actually has three utilities, drinking water, wastewater, and stormwater. water and we have about 400 employees. And I'll just give you a brief overview about each of those areas that we work on. And there's, there's more than that, but this is kind of a nice summary. So for drinking water, um, we provide drinking water to over 400,000 people. So not just wow. the city of Dayton, but most of Montgomery County. Uh, our drinking water comes from the aquifer, which is a renewable resource. I like to say we're all on top of a gold mine of water. And what that really means is it's not an underground lake or underground river. An aquifer um, holds groundwater and a way to think of it is our sand and gravel aquifer is kind of like a bowl of cereal. So you have a bowl and you fill it up with cereal. That's the sand and gravel. And then you pour all the milk in and that fills in the spaces in between the cereal. That's the groundwater in between all the sand and gravel. Mm -hmm. And we have wells that pump that up um, in the Great Miami Buried Valley Aquifer, which spans most of the Miami Valley, not just, you know, in the city of Dayton area. There's about 1.5 trillion gallons of groundwater and it's replenished by rainwater.
0: Amazing. And can you tell us too a little bit before we go into the other two utilities, a lot of, uh, people are kind of talking about water as like a global issue within the United States. So what? So aside from having 1.5 trillion gallons of fresh drinking water, I guess, why are we in kind of like a gold mine of water or what's so significant for the Midwest in having this source of water?
1: Yeah, so one thing that i think a lot of people ask about is is the groundwater going to run out they hear about aquifers um, maybe in the the western part of our country that are being depleted and there's no more water in them and our aquifer um, has a really high recharge rate and so like i said it was recharged by uh, rainwater, and that means we've got plentiful source of water that um, isn't going to run out even if we were to pump more uh, or communities around here we're going to withdraw more Uh, and it's also considered a sole source aquifer so it's the only source of drinking water that our community could have. There's not enough water in the rivers or or reservoirs or things like that for us to get our drinking water so it's really um, it's unique and it's pretty special and we are uh, lucky to have it. Nice. Okay, cool. The other areas I said are wastewater. Uh, which we have one water reclamation facility, also known as a wastewater treatment plant. It's regulated by Ohio EPA and discharges to the Great Miami River. What's neat about the drink or the wastewater treatment plant is that it's uh, mostly biological processes that break down all the wastewater that comes there, um, treats it to these certain standards before we discharge it to the river. I don't know as much um, about it as other folks, but it's. It's very neat, and, and then, sustainable, and sustainable, and then stormwater. So any rainwater that hits uh, impervious surface runs off into our storm drains, and EPA allows the city to discharge that stormwater to quote waters of the state, which is our rivers, and we have a nationally recognized stormwater management program here.
0: Amazing, and I think you hit on a couple points of like what makes the city of Dayton's water department so sustainable. So. Um, aside from our amazing aquifer our wastewater system being a whole biological process in the way that we clean the water and when we discharge it to the river for anyone listening it has to meet certain standards that we're all able to do through introducing certain bacteria or getting the water to certain temperatures which is really great so it is clean water being discharged to our river Um, and lastly we'll kind of dive into this a little bit i think later but our stormwater process is also pretty sustainable in the fact that we have a separated um, our, our rainwater drains directly to the river and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but I, I still want to go back to the the sole source of drinking water in the region because we are um, nationally recognized in what we do to protect our aquifer. So can you talk a little bit about that program and why we are recognized for the work that we do with it?
1: Definitely. So yeah our aquifer is our only source of drinking water around here and obviously we want to protect that. So we have a like you said, nationally recognized source water protection program, and it's a model program that a lot of other communities have um, have modeled and used used a similar uh, program to protect their their sources of drinking water. And that program started after the 1989 fire at the Sherwin Williams paint facility. So following that, it really opened everyone's eyes to realizing, hey, we have this this really important source of drinking water and we need to protect it um, in a very concerted um, program and effort. So the program was created after that, Um, shortly thereafter the Division of Environmental Management was formed. And in summary, the source water protection program really encompasses things like zoning regulations, so properties within the specific zoning area can only have um, certain amounts or are prohibited from having certain types of chemicals or um, pr- uh, manufacturing processes. Mm-hmm. It also encompasses a lot of risk reduction and inspections of those properties and facilities, and, as well as grants. And one thing we like to remind everyone is this idea of an ounce of, pre- ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And really what that, takes is collaboration not just with the city of dayton and the other jurisdictions because we like to say groundwater knows no boundary so it doesn't know that uh, we have this you know political jurisdiction boundary between city of dayton and city of riverside mm-hmm. and so we collaborate within our water divisions mm-hmm. as well as other parts of the city like fire economic
0: development city manager's
1: office etc
0: nice and i think that still to this day the EPA uses the city of Dayton as a model for well field protection Um, and in addition to that what I find so fascinating is now understanding the amazing thing about our source water protection program you hear about across the country about people having closed well fields due to contamination and things like that and we are ensuring that we're not going to have to do that, which not only is great from a sustainable way, we're protecting, making sure we're giving clean water to those 400,000 people, but it's also amazing too, because I think that we're doing this sustainable process of not having to build infrastructure at this one place and then it gets contaminated and move it. There has been a big conversation, I feel like, on the news periodically, and in in Dayton being a manufacturing city, we're not immune to this, of hearing that there has been contamination that has gotten into our groundwater. So, for example, um, and maybe I'll do a future episode on this, uh, we have these super fun sites in Dayton um, at an old Chrysler facility. We had chemical that spilled at that Chrysler facility and contaminated our drinking water. And so a question we get asked a lot at the city is, I hear that the groundwater is contaminated, should I be concerned? So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes, so let me just, this is a little bit of semantics, but it didn't contaminate our drinking water. Oh, sorry, yes. It, it contaminated the groundwater, groundwater below that site. And the difference is important because we have well fields where we're actually drawing groundwater up from the aquifer mm-hmm. to send to our drinking water treatment plants. Um, that area is, um, you know, in an area that we want to keep an eye on, but it's not at our well field. And the distinction is important because there's things that we can do um, or responsible parties can do when there is um, contaminant that reach the groundwater. And one of those is remediation. There's a lot of um, examples of what that can mean. Depends on the contaminant. Depends on the geology another really important thing that i want folks to know is that we have about 600 monitoring or early warning wells around our well fields and you can think about it like uh, yeah an early warning network so we can look in these much smaller wells and um, take samples to see if anything is coming moving slowly through the groundwater towards our well fields in addition we have 24-hour testing of our drinking water at the treatment plants and we test and treat Um, to make sure we're meeting EPA Clean Drinking Water Act standards. In addition, there's an annual water quality report that's available on the city's website that we are required to produce and provide to Mm -hmm. our um, our community.
0: And that's a great source, I feel like too, pointing people to the website where they can read that report because we do get some misinformation from time, sometimes about people wondering if our drinking water really is clean and they can actually see those results um, that we publish on the website um, yes. so thanks Katie I think that's a, an important clarification that we get asked a lot um, and just reiterates you know how clean the water is and how we're, we're doing our due diligence and ensuring that we're giving clean water to the region. Um, what happens if there is a new spill so you all do this is kind of I think the cool part of your job um, so not the spilling itself but kind of for the lengths that you all go to to ensure the response so can you explain um, I'll give an example so we had one recently we had um, Usually it's like trucks will get in an accident and, and flip. Um, we had one happen on a bridge recently. Um, so can you explain a little bit about what happens when you get a call that there has been a chemical spill?
1: Yes. So if it's at a particular facility, like a business or a manufacturing or even you know, um, just a, a commercial business, we hope and we work with a lot of business to make sure that they have spill plans and mm-hmm. sp- um, cleanup materials. Uh, so that's something that if there's a business in the city of Dayton that wants assistance with that, we can help. Sometimes they're required to have it already by another regulation. But if it were, regardless if it were to be at a site or you know on a roadway, uh, in addition to fire, possibly Dayton Regional Hazmat, um, possibly Ohio EPA, uh, the Environmental Division would be notified and respond if necessary so if it's a larger um, spill we would definitely be out there uh, helping coordinate making sure that the right cleanup materials are there making sure that if it's in a groundwater sensitive area that remediation is happening and testing uh, and then hopefully preventing that spill from causing a larger uh, problem than Mm -hmm. really needs to happen so it's definitely a collaborative effort and uh, we work really closely with all those organizations
0: great Um, So there has been a big misinformation thing that I was excited to ask you about today. This is probably the most important question I'm going to ask you all day. Um, Because we have a lot of people that I talk to that buy bottled water because they think it's safer, because they hear about these emerging contaminants maybe on the news, or um, they hear about maybe a spill, and they think that our drinking water is not safe. Um, So can you set the record straight for our (laughs) bottled water drinkers out there about Uh, Which is safer to drink and how we know that it's safer to drink?
1: So this is a common question that we hear and I think it's also a common misconception that bottled water is safer. And what I want to do is sort of lay out the difference. So bottled water is sold as a food product, which is regulated by the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, and tap water, so drinking water, falls under the regulatory authority of the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA. And they both have standards and testing requirements, um, which are often similar, but the major difference that I want people to walk away with is that tap water comes from a drinking water treatment plant, which is tested more frequently by certified staff for more parameters, and the results of that testing are required to be publicly available. Most of that is not required of bottled water Mm -hmm. Um, and there's other factors that people might want to take into account which is cost. Mm -hmm. So that's not really the safer question, um, but often most bottled water is from tap water. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that that would mean that it's meeting those same tap water Mm -hmm. regulatory requirements and, and quality and safety requirements. But you are paying much more for it. It's also been often bottled in plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a toxicologist. We have one on staff, and he could tell you a lot more about, you know, concerns you might have around the the being bottled in plastic. But, there's a lot of waste that comes from bottled mm-hmm. water um, that we don't necessarily have a great way to mm-hmm. deal with, whether it causes litter or you know, the recycling process. So when it comes to safety, I think it's really important realizing that they are regulated by different entities mm-hmm. that have different goals. Obviously, we want bottled water to be safe, mm-hmm. um, but it just doesn't have to meet the same caliber of requirements as tap water. Yeah. And I think if folks have questions or have concerns about the tap water at their residence, they can reach out to the Department of Water and have one of our um, staff come out and test the water at their house and give them the results. And that's not something you would get with bottled water either.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a, this is very enlightening hopefully for people because again, you're paying more money when you buy bottled water for a product that's not as rigorously tested usually as our water is. And if you're ever anxious about the water at your house, if you're in the city of Dayton limits, we will go and test the water for you, which is great. Um, And this is, to me, this is my last tangent on this, this is an environmental justice issue, I believe, because people that are spreading the misinformation saying, hey, our water is not safe to drink, go buy water, are causing people to have an increase in their costs that they're spending at the grocery store. and then at the end of the year, they're, they're spending more money off this lie that, you know, they can't be drinking our water. Um, right. And so, yeah. And then highlighting again that we will have someone go and test your house, go to your house and test it for you if you're ever anxious. Because I do think that's a fair question. Sometimes people yeah. are like, I just bought a new house. I have an older house, you know. And yeah. that's totally fine. We are more than happy to come out and test for you.
1: Yeah. And for me personally, I think another uh, perspective, another lens to think about this is what's the intent right so mm-hmm. a company is selling you bottled water it's a product they want they want you to buy more of it they want you to continue to buy more of it mm-hmm. and they are trying to make a profit off of this mm-hmm. our tap water is provided you know as a public service that you know you have a, a water bill there's a cost to providing this mm-hmm. drinking water but the intent and the the reason that we have mm-hmm. this tap water is to provide safe, clean drinking water to Mm -hmm. the residents of our community. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think that distinction is important too, because what are are the water, what are they trying to get out of this Mm -hmm. water that's being provided to you?
0: Yeah, great. Well, this was enlightening and I want to move on to kind of our last piece before we end, which is talking about our stormwater system. Um, and so you had mentioned that we had a separated um, sewer system yes so can sorry separated stormwater system can you um, talk a little bit about that
1: yes and if people are visual learners there are some really great um, visuals out there on the internet on the City of Dayton Department of Water's website if you want to kind of see this in addition to hearing me explain it so In the city of Dayton, and actually a lot of the surrounding communities um, around Dayton, we have what's called a municipal separate storm sewer system, and this means that all of the drains in streets and parking lots, those go into pipes that go directly to our rivers. There's no treatment, and that's separate from the pipes that come from your house when you flush a toilet that goes to the wastewater treatment plant. Now, what's unique about Dayton is that we have this separate system. Some communities have combined sewers, so that means that the rainwater would get mixed with the sanitary sewage and all go to the wastewater treatment plants. That might seem like it's better, but some of the challenges that those communities that have combined sewers are finding now is that their wastewater treatment plans can't handle the increased amount of rain that's coming into the system. Mm-hmm. And they're having what's called combined sewer overflows, where raw sewage is overflowing into the nearest body of water, like a river. So we don't have that, which is great. But what we do have is that, like I mentioned, Ohio EPA says, hey, Dayton, you can have this rainwater going to our rivers, like the Great Miami River, the Mad River the Stillwater, Wolf Creek, mm-hmm. but you have to do things to try to prevent pollution from getting to those rivers, and that's our NPDES permit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really good that we have this separate sewer, um, storm sewer system, mm-hmm. and it, it means that there can be some challenges, and I can talk about that, but it really, in the long run, is um, it was very forward-thinking of mm-hmm. the folks back in the day in Dayton mm-hmm. trying to keep those separate.
0: Yeah. That's helpful, and I think that is why you see those cute little emblems on the drain and those murals that were, Kate. the murals were your idea too, which is if you're in Dayton, those cute little mirrors, shout out to Katie for doing that, um, for (laughs) for getting people to paint them, but that's a reminder that if you're dump, you don't want to dump oil or paint or bleach down our stormwater system because that's going, you know, directly to our river. Um, So what can people do in order to protect our rivers?
1: Great question. So, we all need to work together to protect our rivers. And I work for a small team in our environmental division and we need your help. So some of the things you can do is make sure you're properly disposing of used oil, whether it's at um, a recycling, a used oil recycling facility or like a auto parts store, um, properly applying the um, recommended amount of fertilizer and not applying it before it's going to rain so that it actually gets absorbed by the, the grass of the plants and not washed off. Um, washing your car at a car wash, um, not littering or picking up litter, picking up after your pets. We also have uh, programs to adopt a storm drain. So the, there's probably one on your streets that you've walked past or driven past and never even noticed it was there. We want people to notice them and adopt them. You can also organize a cleanup, a river cleanup or a neighborhood cleanup. And one of the most important things folks can do is report issues to us. So we respond to all of the complaints that we get if it's within the city of Dayton, or we try to pass it along to the right folks if it's not in the city of Dayton. And whether that's seeing something at an outfall on the river or something happening in your neighborhood or near where you work, and we want you to call, it's a 24 seven number, it's 937-333-3725. And if you are interested in adopting a storm drain or organizing a cleanup, you can go to our website, daytonwater.org, and under the education tab, there's a section called stormwater management, and there's information there about everything I just mentioned.
0: Amazing. So yeah, if you want to paint a storm drain, you can reach out to Katie. If you want to organize a cleanup, you can reach out to Katie. If you want to, (laughs) yeah. Do anything. Reach out to Katie. Oh, so reach out to daytonwater.org and get some more information under the education tab. Yes. Um, so as we close up, is there anything else that you would like to share with us today?
1: Yeah, we are always looking for ways to share the story of Dayton's water. And we want you to reach out if you have ideas or if you're looking to get involved with, say, an internship or a volunteer opportunity or you just have a question. I'd really love to hear from you and I appreciate
0: you inviting me here today, Meg. Thank you, Katie. I am passionate about water, and I'm passionate about our water in the city of Dayton, um, and so I'm glad that we got to have this opportunity to educate residents and people that are listening, um, and hopefully they'll think twice before drinking out a bottle of bottled water. It's okay <laughs> if you have to sometimes, but you know, uh, we, we are very proud of our water here. Um, so thank you again for being on our show, um, and there you have it, folks. In Dayton, we are lucky to live in a place with an abundant water system that we are ensuring is protected and sustainable. Um, We hope that you tune in next time to learn more about our complex sustainability issues within the city and how we are working um, to build a more sustainable Dayton. Thanks again.
1: Thanks for listening to Birthplace of Next, a publication of the City of Dayton's Office of Communications and Public Affairs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the latest news about what's happening in Dayton. If you have questions or feedback for us, please email cityhall at daytonohio.gov.